Welcome to the Eden Ideal podcast. This is the third part in our conversation about generosity. In this episode, we discuss practical ways we can help ourselves become people who are more generous. We'll also explore some of the instructions God gave to the children of Israel with regards to how they should share their wealth and provide for those around them. We also have a couple of guest friends of ours joining in the conversation to hopefully give us a different perspective. I hope you find the discussion as useful as we did. Enjoy. Welcome everyone. Once again, it's good to see you all uh, in this, the next part of our conversation on generosity. Um, Today we have two special people with us, guests and friends and loved ones. Um, We have Bookie and Cami with us. I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves real quick so that everybody knows who they are. Okay, hi, um, I'm Bookie, and um, what do you want to know of introduction? Just my name? Or... <laughs> I should have set that up a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, Bookie, okay, so basically we're talking about generosity, as we know, and and now is the part of the conversation where we get a little bit more practical. So I thought it'd be useful not just to, uh, be useful to get some people that are actually doing things in the real world not to say that the team ain't doing things in the real world mm. but you know <laughs> <laughs> get get, get some other voices in on the conversation and see how you know from their perspective how they could potentially apply this whole conversation on generosity so i've invited bookie along um because like she's you know my sister by the way and <laughs> um she's kind of you know a budding budding you know property investor you know do, doing doing her little thing and i think there's this is a this is a conversation there's some specific questions i think i'd like to ask from that perspective and cami is also here because she is a, a businesswoman and i like the way she does business and I, i'd like to also hear her perspective on some of the conversations that we're having i've pretty much done their introductions for them <laughs> should, should we yeah. just crack on then <laughs> Is everyone happy with that? Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. Cammy, do you, do you I just want to balance it out. It's it's really weird because like the business part to me is still relatively new. So to me, primarily, I always see myself still as a healthcare professional. But I guess it's like in the conversation of generosity, it's like they apply to both sides of like me. So yeah, brilliant. I love it. Okay, well let's let's get into it. So I wanted to start us off with um, just looking at. Um, the scripture, First Timothy 6, 6 to 10. I'll quickly read it. It's not too long. Um, but godliness with contentment is great pain. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations, into a snare, into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So just with that scripture in in our mind, I want us to really talk about the what we can do to help our hearts to really live this this thing out. Um, I wanted to play a clip. When, at the beginning of each of our podcast episodes, I play a clip um, just just to set up the conversation. For this one, I'm going to be playing this clip. I feel so foolish. You know, 
My whole life has been a life of accumulation. Money, money, I want more money. I want, I don't even know why. You know, it's like, just keep going. Money, money, I want to build more buildings. Many, many buildings along Miami. I want to build more. But, and I say sometimes, it's been greedy. I want to be greedy, greedy. Now I want to be greedy for the United States of America. I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to be so greedy for you people. And we have to be rich before we can be great again. We have to get rid of our debt. We have to get rid of so many things. We have to balance our budgets. But we're going to take care. Look, when these Okay. I'm so I just can't take him seriously. Yeah, no, literally, I looked at him. I was like, yeah, do you know, why are you even playing this guy? But the thing is, what you're saying is... Um... No, wait, wait, but, okay, it's but the yeah. truth... At the end of the day, what he's saying is true, though. It's true. Mm-hmm. Like, it is real truth. Yeah. He's talking truth, but I just can't take him serious in his life. Nah. What's the truth? <laughs> What's the truth? Exactly. I'm scratching Which part is true? Part is... No, no, no. So, so the, truth of the, ma- the truth of the matter is, and this is... This is linked to just general economics. When you are kind of greed does fuel you to make more money. It's but the problem is it's at the expense of other people. But he doesn't care about other people. Like he's saying, I want to be greedy for America. That's why he's stopping the funding to other parts of the world now and he's trying to keep the money. That's why he's, you know, trying to put all these sanctions in other countries. And America's economy has technically improved as a result of that he has been able to improve the welfare of some people but he's done it in a greedy way but you it's know? also short term versus long term taken away from other people to and make himself better it's short term versus uh, long term because at the end of the day if America continues down this route and it says you know we're going to be a selfish nation we're only going to be thinking about ourselves once the rest of the world elevates they'll be like well actually we'll keep America out of the loop if you don't want to pay the fines if you don't want to you know um, talk about global warming if you don't want to contribute when you want to trade with us then we're going to rack up our taxes that's what China's done because they're like if you don't want to play nicely the truth is is that not to be like no man is an island but no country is an island either and actually yeah. especially in the way that we live for you to be like i'm going to be selfish it's actually very sh- like short term and donald trump is not the best businessman like he's claimed bankruptcy how many times passes the buck passes the blame and it's like to me all that says is that you know you're you're sneaky you're a trickster actually you're kind of just representing like the devil in that way because there's it's it's not a clear-cut route he's actually taken several steps back and then just no one's given him anything someone gave him a million to start his first company like like do you know what i mean like what he's saying is yeah i hear i hear you guys i um and and i played that clip for a reason obviously to to controversial tolling no but but (laughs) guys you know what he's saying is how the western capitalist system is set up like, mm. have you guys heard of, um, oh, I forget his name, Milton Friedman? He's like the modern father of capitalist economics. He he won a Nobel Prize for economics. And like one of his quotes is, the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. The way our economy works is everyone works to get their profits as high as possible. So I'm actually going to ask yourselves, you know, when you guys are doing dealings, when you guys are doing business or 
whatever you're doing are you not also trying to compete push get as much of the profit for yourself at the expense of others even though it's not you don't necessarily see the direct and i don't mean that as a negative thing like if i'm here trying to compete to do a seller business at the end of the day i am competing and i'm gonna make sure that my thing is the best or whatever so that other people can't get that thing so mm. it's the same mentality no question no One. it's true no i understand because having a few small businesses you do push your you try and um when you start out you try and look at how much it's going to cost you to make the product and then you've got to put a markup so you can still eat but you don't really think of the other person's pocket when you're selling them the product itself you're like I'm selling this for £10 so that I can make a 25 to 35% markup on whatever I put on it, whatever I put into it. So all the profit goes to you, hopefully goes to you. That's what it is at the end of the day. But competing competing isn't always at the expense of somebody else. It's competing. You're all competing, isn't it? So how is my, like in a race... Uh, Usain Bolt is not winning at the expense of the other people who are, yeah, they're losing, but they all chose to compete because this is a race where, as in in the race, in that racing world, when you're now competing, I wouldn't say it's at the expense of the other racers in the race. In the way it is. Is that what you're trying to say? But no, but, no, but how is it at the expense? I'd say the, the words at the expense... Yeah, but it makes it sound like it's a... Yeah, of course there's going to be a loser. We've all decided to come here and race at the end of the day. How is that any so, different from... How is that any different from what Donald, Donald Trump is doing? Where he's... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push for my people. I'm going to push for myself. And, you know, he, he, he's not necessarily... He's not necessarily... I mean, he, he probably That's is. That's a different thing to but, competing. If in a, in business no, world, I guess... As in, as in America, America is... Com- exactly. America is competing against but China, for there's, But there's, a, there's is, a balance. There's a way to do business without stepping on the little guy. There is a way to do it. And it's about, like, balance. Like, if we look at Boohoo recently that have got into so much trouble for, you know, cheap fashion, the truth is, is that they provide a service. You know, if I had to go buy a sewing machine and make all my clothes like I'm not going to do that they're providing a service by providing me like fashion but they had a choice to pay their workers £3.50 when actually they could have paid them the national minimum wage like that's a business choice and that's where greed comes in Donald Trump had a choice when building his empire whether to do it an ethical way and say do you know what instead of making 100 million I'm going to make 70 million and make sure that you know I'm paying people correctly I think it's not they're not mutually exclusive like you can do very well in business um, without having to like destroy stamp on and be very greedy in it and I think it's about accepting and I think this is where as Christians we say it's about recognizing what is enough do you know it's about saying okay like perfect Come but, through, Cammy. Yeah, like, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's like come through. Um, the the thing about the storehouse that we always talk about is like mm. I, I mentioned it to Tolly the other day, and I was like, the point of a storehouse is to get you through the winter, correct? 
But at the end of the day, the food isn't supposed to stay in the storehouse. It's supposed to feed the people. There is no need, right, to say it, that's where greed comes in. You don't need to make. Why does one person need a hundred million when there's enough people out there that like literally are scraping to get by? And when we as Christians make decisions in our business and our work and our any decision that we make, we think yes, okay, we need to be fed. We need to make sure that we take care of our families and that we grow and progress. But it should never be at the expense to the point that we have to question you know how god sees us or how we see ourselves in god's image and there is a balance in that mm. so oh, i guess the, the so much sorry no 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 <laughs> enjoy it enjoy it Bira. enjoy it enjoy it girl you, you are speaking <laughs> so much it. truth like, <laughs> let me just like... be silent so, <laughs> so what, what, okay, what I, I was I, gonna add sorry go on. On. no go on go on sorry go on I was just going to add on to that. Um, I've I've recently been studying um, Acts, which talks of the early church and how Christians that just got um, saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit acted. And the model at the beginning of the church was everyone gave, um, they sold their positions and the proceeds from that was given so that anyone with need was provided for. Everyone Everyone with need was met. No one was um needy because everyone was provided for through everyone's provision so i like what camilla's saying because yes we're we're not saying that you can't be prosperous or you can't own property or you know have money but the model of christ and of the church is to redistribute that so that it's not just accumulated and stored up with yourself it's meant to be Mm. redistributed to other people and that's where the choice comes in whether you're going to be greedy and hold on to that or you're going to be like okay, I have enough for me and my family. And then I've, I also have a responsibility to, responsibility to, to give it out and not withhold and, and redistribute. So I just wanted to add, add that on, but everything Cammy is saying is spot on. There's a quote I'm trying to, a verse I'm trying to find, and I think it's in Leviticus and it talks about, um, wait, hold on. No, it's Exodus. Um, and it talks about when they're building the tabernacle and it says, you know, we need certain things and it says to bring, but actually when they had enough, um, Moses quite clearly said, stop. He was like, you know, bring your finest, bring your gold, bring like the wood and the trees and everything like that. I'm going to find it. And then, but actually when it says like they had enough and it was sufficient, um, he says it's enough and don't bring any more. And I think that's something that we should be applying to ourselves, like take enough, but there's no need to like overgraze. And that's and that's the right question. What is enough? Because it's easy to say that, but what is enough? So I want to ask you guys in your lives personally, have you decided what's enough? Because presumably we're all out here trying to, you know, go go further in life. You know, trying to increase our prosperity for our families. We want to be generous. We want to do all of that. But have any of you actually asked yourself, what is actually enough for me and my family? So that when I do get to that point, I won't go beyond it. I I mean, I guess for me, I haven't really thought about what's enough because I have so many big plans. I really would love to be in in as much as I want to do things for my family. I have dreams of building roads in Nigeria have dreams of making youth clubs in Nigeria do you get what I'm saying like these are some of the things that I personally would really want to do 
So I don't know if I can say that I've thought about enough because my enough for me and my family right now would be enough for me and my family right now. As in, I could probably put a cap on that, but because I want to do these other things, I can't and I think, have an enough, if that makes sense. I think sense. that that's the problem because we, and Bookie and I were having this debate as well about, you know, yeah, no, but a, a strategy is to, I want to get more, get more, get more so that I can do X, Y, Z in the future. But that's not really the question. The question is, what's enough for you? Like, for you personally, what's enough? Because then all those mm. other things, you can it's then, yeah, of back. course, you, you could do that. You could keep working on, you know, you don't have to become rich yourself or accumulate wealth for yourself for you then to pour out on others after. Like, you mm. can just work for others after. But what is the cap for you? and your family you just said right now tadio yeah i think yeah if for me and my family where we are right now is okay is that no. true exactly no, that's not. what i'm saying so <laughs> I, I think we we a lot of uh, when i've had this discussion with a lot of people particularly like entrepreneurs and stuff like what they say is yeah no but i want to build an orphanage or i want to do this in the future so i need to keep going but then what you're doing is first making yourself super rich and wealthy and then you want to again do that when I think there's something where you can agree, okay, I'm where I am and then still work for other people, but you're not making yourself, you don't have to make yourself wealthy first. I think what's, what sometimes happens is that as we gain more money, our lifestyle increases with that and that just increases exponentially. So we never really get to a point where we think, actually, I'm at a point now where I am living comfortably and anything above, beyond this is probably not going to make much of a difference to the quality of life I'm living. Um, but what we often do is we just keep going and we we don't then take the time to just refocus or recenter our mind to say, okay, cool, I've had enough. Everything I have now I can use to bless other people. Um, so I think that's probably what ends up happening and I guess even with me like I don't have a like a family of my own um but obviously as I've started working I've started obviously earning a bit more and my lifestyle generally it just increases um and when we were going through that bank statement um exercise we did last week the same amount I was given three years ago when I started working it's probably still the same amount I'm given now and that really challenged me and that there's no real like distribution to well there's no change in the distribution that I am making in terms of like how much I am actually earning so for me I just I, you know um Cammy touched on something greed um life's a journey you can't what what is enough for me today is not what will be enough for me tomorrow, you know? So I can't, I would, I might never have the answer to that, what is enough, you know? Because life happens, responsibilities, not even bad stuff, you know? Just things change and we all evolve and we grow. But for me, it's more about a character. So generosity is a character trait, you know? She said something about being greedy at every stage of your life, wherever you find yourself, from student to single to married to having children to having family, what kind of person are you? And it's very important as Christians, it's a good thing that we as young people, we're learning this now because then we get to a stage in our lives where because we've mastered this character, because we know what it means to be generous, because we know what it means not to be greedy and not to hoard and not to, you know what I mean? We've learned this now. 
it can stay with you for life, regardless of whether you get to become a millionaire or, you know, whatever stage you're at at life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it's developing those traits of not being greedy, knowing when you're content, knowing when I, I listen to all these rich guys sometimes. Um, and uh, one of them, what's this guy's name? Some big guy in Nigeria. I didn't know him before, but then I Googled him and I was listening to one of his, what's his name? Dangote, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so a lot of people criticize him for this. <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about him, his personal life or whatever. But I listened to just one interview he had, and he was saying, um, you know, he's working super hard to this and do this and do that and do this, and that you find that he finds what what he finds very weird is that he never goes on holiday. He doesn't have holiday homes. He doesn't have all these fancy stuff. I mean, he goes here and there, you come back home, you know, live a normal life. But then people that he's paying that don't even have half of what he has have all these <laughs> bad cars, holiday homes, <laughs> this there and that there. And you mentioned one of his employees, like this boy is a small boy. And he saw, <laughs> and he saw everything he had and he was like, Nah, you you got this wrong somehow, you know? Now, I don't know anything else about his other lives. I don't know, you know, but that made sense. Do you understand? Because this young boy, you know, has, has started working with this man, is getting paid reasonably okay, and immediately he starts splashing out and doing the wrong Squandered things. It. And, you know, exactly, God bless you, squanders it, you know? that To the extent that even his boss is thinking, I don't even have that kind of car. Do you understand? Like, where are your priorities? <laughs> you need to rearrange yourself somehow. Mm. And this is, so a lesson like this would be for him to learn things like this. Does that make sense? So yeah. for me, Tolly, in answer to that question, I don't think, um, maybe I'll get to that point where I know what's enough, but then what I want to know is the principles of giving, of generosity, um, so I think what Cami as well mentioned, you know, when you when you get to a point in your life and you look, and you, does God see me? How does God look at me right now? How are people mm. seeing me? Do you understand? Mm. Um, how do I see myself? What you know? So that for me is where the conversation needs to get to. want to now ask everyone is so what are the strategies or the practical things you can do in your life because we want our listeners to like learn practical tips that they can apply as well so what are the practical things that we can all do to check ourselves check our greed check our generosity as we are coming up well oh not done too i don't know i, I was just i was only going to just say i was i guess it's kind of like a question um, you know, Bookie mentioned something about um, being content in what you have. So, you know, obviously, as we've already discussed, like, you know, when you get a new job, you're like, OK, yeah, maybe I need a car. So I'm going to buy a car now. Um, I need a house or whatever so that I can move out and be with my family, whatever. So maybe something that we can be mindful of um, 
not sure if this is even hitting the nail on what what you've just said but um one thing we could probably be mindful of is you know when you now want to you've you've already got like the one nice card that you want so instead of getting like a second car the money that you're saving to get a second car why don't you give that to why don't you maybe bless somebody who doesn't have a car that you've seen traveling hours to get to work or something for their family or something like that instead of buying that thing for yourself why don't you kind of get that thing for somebody else who needs it or use it for somebody else that needs it like I was was just thinking that instead of getting yourself multiple things maybe think about that same money that you're using to get yourself something else that you probably don't need use it for somebody else that you can see does need it yeah, I guess what that's what Cammy was kind of saying, right? That the challenge was to whatever, like every pound you spend, you spend a pound on somebody else, basically, right? Is that what the challenge was, Cammy? Kind of. It was like to say that you don't put. I think in we live in such a consumeristic world, and it's so difficult not to get caught up in that. If like we're being honest, and it's like how do we balance? And I suppose this is what Toto's asking, like how do we balance, like remaining faithful but at the same time still wanting to enjoy things like it's not a punish it's not a bad thing to want to enjoy the things of life like i really enjoy traveling so i'm not a big shopper but i like to go away a few times a year um so it's kind of like how do we balance it that we say okay cool like we're not going to get swept up in it so one of the things that okay cool like so whether you tithe or you're generous or like however it's going to be it's like practical things you can set down like I'm kind of a maths person so yeah one of the things I say is like okay if this is how much I'm earning at the moment um how much goes to savings how much goes to practical how much goes to generosity and I do set myself a budget of like things on myself um because um otherwise it's like a lack of control like you know it's like i think it's important that we have wisdom to our finances because that's an example i think you like to in order to be generous yes you do have to accumulate first and that's about being sensible and that's about being wise because at the end of the day if you end up um so like the example that you gave um about the car i would be like okay cool you have a car but do you need the brand like do you, yeah. like do you know what I mean do you need yeah, do you need the Mercedes like some people will put like three four grand on their car because they have to have the flashy they need the four circles like on the Audi when actually could you could you, it's true but this, this is the thing like, if we're talking about representation do we need the big fancy car or do we need four wheels that can get us to a practical place yeah, but what, what if you can afford but what if that big fancy car is the no. best car it's like the best that's that's the longest but that's but that's just what I'm saying that's your thing and that's nothing wrong with having your thing but i'm saying make sure it's a percentage that you can afford because there's this thing called um affordable debt so i had this conversation with someone about affordable debt and i'm kind of like kind of a disagreement at it like i don't really like really take to it um and it's this idea that if you can afford the debt can you afford the item right so if you can afford like um i think he bought a watch it was like a couple of hundred quid and at the time he couldn't afford it so he took it out on um 
you know, you pay it in installments, but obviously you pay interest. Mm. You Yeah, sorry, you take it on finance. So he was like, it's affordable debt because I can afford to make the payments like every month. Where I would have been like, I use my phone to tell time. So to me, that's not, if I didn't have the extra cash, then that's not something I personally would have spent on it. But mm. that's his thing, not my thing. That He would be like, well, you don't need to be catching flights to anywhere because like, you know, you, you can eat and breathe in this country. So everyone has their thing. But what I'm saying, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? But everyone has their thing, but I would say like this, okay, but before I go away, I'm saying I put aside certain amount of money every single month, right? And I make sure everything else is handled because look at COVID. We don't know what times are coming. Like we don't. The whole point of a storehouse is because you don't know what hurricane, what like natural disaster is going to come and you need to be prepared. So for me, I'm like, it's okay to have these things, but do it that you are secure first and it's in like the excess and not in the primary source. And I think like things like that are like practical skills to say that, okay, cool. If you want to go on holiday, you want to treat yourself, you want to do those things and you still want to like save for your future, like, like, um, sow seeds. You still want to do that. Cool. You still want to be generous. Cool. And you still want to treat yourself fine but do it in a way that won't leave you drowning because you know what one of the biggest issues we have in our generation is debt and no one talks about it because people don't have there's no financial literacy there's no education there's no understanding people feel shame and embarrassed because it's like do you know they feel like they failed like do you know i mean oh if i just get a a bigger job then i'll i'll be able to deal with it no because if you don't have those practical skills of like financial wisdom then it will never be enough we we live in your means it will never be much of a love for stuff I was looking at, on the debt conversation. I, I got some stats on what we're even getting into debt about. And mm. I was shocked that it, it wasn't even like when I think of people going into debt, I assume it's, you know, okay, like your children's school fees or stuff like that. But it isn't. It, the thing that is causing the most debt in the UK is actually purchases of cars and bikes like shopping making and... home improvements no it's not it's not the essential things that you're thinking about like no but the... what if that's how the system works hmm? but is is that right is that okay is that you don't wrong? have to choose why, but you can choose not to be, be part wrong? of the system no but why no, but does it bookie, have to be wrong no the reason bookie it's, Wait, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking yeah, it. I'm, no it's a question it's a question so, bookie, <laughs> bookie it's <laughs> not it's not wrong but the problem is a lot of people are getting themselves into a love affair with stuff and they are going into debt to get more of that stuff. So we just talked about the principle of contentness, contentedness. And I don't think that we as a society have that in our hearts, in our minds. I don't even think we teach that in churches properly. We are not being taught how to be more content in life. Paul said, you know, whatever situation I find myself, I'll be content. For me, I personally think as a society, if you don't have something and you're willing to go into debt, into what some people will call financial slavery in mm. in order to just get a commodity, just another, not, like I can understand some people, if you have a failing business or your mortgage, I understand there are some things where debt is useful, but I just find it very uh, maybe it's from my upbringing because my mother, who's also your mother as well, so this is surprising. <laughs> but my, my mother, like, she really just does not have the concept of credit cards and all that stuff. Because coming from Nigeria, 
that's not even available to you like if you want to buy a house you save up the full amount and then you buy that mm. house if you don't yes. have money you do not go on holiday if you don't have the money you do yeah. not do yeah, xyz that's, that's, that's because she grew up in a system but she grew up in a system that didn't have those provisions yeah now if you grow up in a system that does have that provision but you use it wisely so for me um i've used debt to generate wealth for myself right mm. now you can only do that with financial freedom with financial education with that knowledge with wisdom with a lot of prayer do you understand so i guess what i'm trying to say so it's it's a question um obviously in all of this and i'm sure we're all in consensus we need to be sensible we need to be smart and you know frivolous spending or whatever but if you live in an environment that allows you to drive a car i was in a um in fact i'm still in that predicament now where the car that is practical, like what I practically need, I can't afford, right? Mm-hmm. But because I don't want to get into debt and take finance and be one of those people that finances on a car, I'm going to have to get something that I really, it's not practical. It's not going to last long. It's not, do you know what I mean? It's not fit for purpose for, for what I need it for right now, right? But because I want to live within my means, i.e., this you know pot of money and i don't want to get into debt i'm going to settle for that whereas we live in a country in a society where if you can afford to pay x amount of money every month and it doesn't tip you over you're still being generous you're still affording whatever for your children you're not Mm. you know going crazy why don't you take advantage of that bookie i would say you are someone who is financially literate i don't want us to mistake exactly you. no but then now we're condemning people bookie we're not condemning anybody i what i'm okay. saying bookie what i'm saying the answer in fact what you've said is the answer to the question because yeah. if if you are someone and this is the majority of the population it would seem if you're looking at the debt reports if you are someone where you get into debt and it puts you in a difficult situation where you start to struggle to pay off that debt. In fact, the biggest reason people get into more debt is to consolidate previous debts. So we are at an arrears. The average person is struggling with debt, not on top of debt. For that person, be content. For of that course, person, 100%, you need to learn. But that is financial K- literacy. Was saying, oh, yeah, exactly. That's So my point in all of this is financial literacy. Um, so what, what, what um, Cammy was saying is is having that financial literacy can i just re-clarify i wasn't like saying like don't have debt like in like what you said about your mum. it's like that's very relevant like you have to look at your surroundings that's really important like in nigeria if you can buy a house for like like 40 50 000 then that like you save and you work and fine we live in a world that you know houses here are like 300 400 like you need to invest there's no point saying okay i'm gonna rent and then like you take out a mortgage so it's about having the the balance, the wisdom, the financial literacy, the experience, the people around you, right, to say, okay, this is... Not to, like, bend it to be like, is this debt or is this investment? Because when you go to uni, that's debt, or you can see it as investment. Do you see what I mean? Because it's an... But it depends on your your course, like, you know? And it's the wisdom and saying, Exactly, that's what they don't tell you. It does depend on your course, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, going into uni, you don't hear that. Your course determines whether it's debt or an investment, Investment, Exactly. So (laughs) if we sit down with a decision, so what you've just said, exactly. So if we made every financial decision that we potentially would have to borrow, right? 
right? And it's about perception of the word and like if we look at it in context and say, okay, this decision we're going to make, is this about debt or is this about investment? Because there is a difference. So if you're saying yeah. to get to work so you can earn money, you like there's you don't live in London, there's no oyster card. Like that it's your two feet. But the choice is is that if I get this job, I can make twice as much money. However, I may have to take out a car and finance. That is about saying, okay, cool, I'm looking at everything in front of me and I'm saying this is an investment to my future, which is gonna allow me to create more stability. And I think it's the wisdom when it comes to the non essential things. So it's 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 about the things about like, you know, like I said, like holiday day or the things that we treat ourselves or it's about making practical decisions to say all right you said about you know you needed a car to get to xyz and that's the car that you want someone would say well actually if you think short term and long term there's no point someone said well if you've got like say two thousand pounds there like are you going to buy a car for two thousand pounds and then in two years it's going to break down on you where actually you could use that two thousand pounds to invest in like a renter scheme or a, a, a finance scheme and then that would have carried you on for five ten years and i think it's about breaking down each individual scenario with wisdom with like saying with god with people around you that you trust and say okay this is the scenario these are the external factors these are intrinsic factors this is where i am currently is this a smart investment can i tailor it can i adjust it so that it is an investment and it's not a debt there are a few laws in the old testament where god gives us tips on how we might actually approach this um, so I wanted to just read a few of them for you and see if you guys can try and tell me how we might apply that in our modern context and if it's something that you think you could possibly do. Um, okay, so let me give you one. So this one is part of God's laws about harvesting and and gleaning. Uh, let's read this one from leviticus twenty three twenty two. it says when you reap the harvest of your land moreover you shall not reap to the very corners of your field nor gather the gleaning of your harvest you are to leave them to the needy effectively what god is saying there is this the ancient israelites were a farming community when they go and harvest their farms he was saying to them off rip leave the edges of your of your farm and leave just leave that for the needy how how do you think that applies to us today how can we learn from that in our modern context for me my my understanding of um tithing is evolving and i think for me what i'm learning in this season is tithing may be just that where you're not um taking all of what you earn all of what your income is and you are leaving some or the needy and um mm. going back to malachi which talks about bring um the tithe into my storehouse and we talked about this on the last podcast and i've been reflecting since the storehouse for me in this time is questionable because the um like camilla was saying the storehouse it's there for provision for a later date for when there is scarcity for when there is a need right so we're meant to be bringing our tithe into the storehouse and then the scripture that you just spoke of where you shouldn't reap to the corner so basically leave some just in case for people that may need it for me it's it's making me understand that everything that we earn is not for us like there should be a set amount each month or each week from what we earn that 
is going towards a need that is going towards someone else because that's where we train ourselves not to be greedy that's where we train ourselves to to be generous and to not just think about ourselves and store up store up store up accumulate but actually think of others so for me i've i've really been like it's been a very reflective week on just challenging myself of what is the type like don't just passively give to um a ch- it may not be the church may not be the storehouse is what i'm learning in this season and, and, and to, to be honest I, I have another scripture on that one Oof. in De- <laughs> deuteronomy fourteen twenty eight to 29 it says at the end of every third year you shall bring out all of the tithe to your of your produce that year and you shall deposit it in your town and the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you, and the alien and the orphan and the widow who are in your town shall come and eat and be satisfied. So this is what tithing is meant to be for. And I, I just wonder whether our tithes in the modern contemporary church are being used for these for this. This is what the instruction is there for. It's there for the orphan, the widow, the, the the people who cannot get of their own means. Just a question. I don't know. I don't know whether... That's, that's a whole we... new ball game, isn't it, really? Like, when we yeah. really look at it. Because the truth is, like, from what you've just said, it's true. So if it would be like saying we need to not make tithing just this function... A lot of us do it on direct debits. Like, we don't even think about it. It just happens. Yeah. So actually, where it, it is very passive and it's not... It becomes... It's so routine. It's not even like it's um, sacrificial anymore. It just It's like a tax. Mm. Like, the tax man just takes it. Mm-hmm. And actually, do we... Do we look at our churches enough then and say, okay, so this money comes in every month. Where does it go? Okay, I understand the building has to run, but the church was not built to be a building. The church was built to be a community that like actually like fed the community was a place of safety, was a place of education. Like when you think about the madness that's going on with like COVID, like, and people are losing their jobs and people are obviously like legally, the churches have had to be closed and it's like, okay, so really once things are open, like I, I, all, all this money in the storehouse like this is what we've been saving for this is our time to be a lighthouse in the community you know they're taking away like when they were saying all right they're not going to feed kids and stuff like that during schools like this is when the church needed to be like you know when they were saying like the kids that can't afford school meals and you know people this was the time to say like okay like we need to be sending out packages like you know when yeah. they're talking about you know they're cutting for um kids like free travel like this is a time where like i was saying to like tolu before like i was and actually yeah. another friend i was like well actually in my community if there's a couple of families that i think you know money is tight and you know their kids take one two buses to go to school they can't then afford the extra expense to say you know where's this money coming from to put their kids on the bus would oh. we not be a better representation in our communities to say do you know what here's a fund um and there's um the black business Woo! there's a black business uk show i'm doing yeah. an event there in october and they're raising money for this exactly the same purpose to say do you know what? if you need money for your kids to have oyster card money to get to school is that not a better representation to say do you know what we are being the light like people can say we can we have such a bad 
the name of the church has become so tainted in the world it's so mm. important that we redefine what that is and use the heart of god to do that mm. so it's like saying okay cool if we are tithing we're not we're supposed to be tithing to our communities to our people like we're supposed to be doing these things like the fatherless the widows the aliens okay cool so if we aren't seeing that happen in our church then we need to redirect and say do you know what let's not be passive in our tithing let's say if we're going to be making the sacrifice because it is a sacrifice because i'm sure we could all find something else to do with the money right but let's make sure it's impacting in the way that god designed it to do and i Mm. definitely agree with you bim it's a conversation i've been having a lot lately because actually like i found that i've become so passive in my tithing that it's had to challenge me and be like well actually it's not even sacrificial anymore because it's just become the norm like Mm. what are we actually doing to say how does this money bring glory back to god I think we, Mm. I definitely think, I know this is, I don't want to sound like rebellious or something, but I definitely think we should be all taking this conversation back to our churches and challenging them Mm. a little Mm. bit more. I think Mm. there is too much of a culture of, you know, don't talk back to the anointed. This is God's money. This is, I don't know. It's just like, there's a weird thing around it where it seems like, oh, you're challenging the pastors or the leadership and i just don't think that's what this is about it's about okay we as a community could do so much good we could help Mm. so many people and of course the people the the, we we also want to make sure we can feed the pastor and their family and the the workers in the church 100 percent. of course we need a building all that but i'm just thinking what's the focus of of this group of this body of christ Bookie, so you guys don't have oh, a bookie, problem bookie with wanted to say something. Yeah, no, I just wanted to clarify the conversation in, uh, amongst all of us here is we don't have a problem with tithing. We just want to know that the tithe is doing. Yeah, something we want to make sure that the tithe. We want. Like we want exactly. We want the tithe. Okay. We want the tithe to do what God asked us to do with the tithe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want to glorify God. <laughs> cool. Let me give you one more. One more from the Old Testament, and just this is just a general one. They have general, um, we talked about this previously, general laws about you can't charge interest. Um, If you borrow someone money um, after seven years, you release that debt and they take it further in the year of Jubilee every 50 years. You know, like all the children of Israel, everybody had their land, all the tribes had their own land. But obviously, in your dealings and financial economic dealings, you might get into some debt. You might lose your property here. You might have to sell it off for another one reason or the other. But every 50 years, everything is reset. Anyone who has accumulated wealth in those 50 years and got many lands and properties, after 50 years, return it all back to the original people. So even if someone has like found themselves in slavery because of financial circumstances in 50 years they come back and they had their property again and everybody like i just it just seems like god has such a perfect model for well-being of everyone he recognizes Mm -hmm. that humans we will have dealings that would mean that yeah okay this person might get some wealth over another person but that's why he then instructed them okay at some point give it all back what do you guys think about that in our context do how can we potentially apply that are any of you willing to just any debts or anything that you owe that people owe you just 
let it go after seven years. I tell the banks to do this. That's how the world no, works. No, but you know, you, you know, your debt is written off after. You can probably your do debt that. is written off after. Is it four, five, five, seven years? If you can't pay it off, they write it off. Really? That's, really? That's if you. That's if your student no, knows that. That's if who's, you're bankrupt. Go. No, that's if, if yeah, but it's, oh, it's if you if you go bankrupt, oh, right. that that, that means you have to be. <laughs> you have to be, you don't, you don't. Like that's not. That's not no, good it's not. It's not if you're bankrupt. It's not. Uh, let me Google uh, after this. I'll Google it. But if a student loan, you pay uh-huh. it. If if you've not paid it after a certain time, it yeah, just wipes off. Yeah, student loan definitely. It, yeah. it wipes wait, off. No, so wait, wait, wait. I did not know this. Are you saying that? Sorry, are you saying that if I do not pay my my over my my you know remember uni time i don't know how many people got like overdraft with your bank are you telling me that if i do not pay anything into that for the next seven years they're no. gonna write it off is that what you're saying no, no. this is no. the no. 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 you we do not take any legal liability for anything you hear on this podcast just say we shouldn't be trying and as well we shouldn't be able trying to skim out because the thing is like with debt really quickly like first of all like that's that's not a thing pay off your debt pay off your debt 100 but the truth is it's like but the thing is it's like if you've taken a service like you're paying off your debt it's what's owed you know, pay Caesar what's owed yeah. to Caesar. Like at the end of the you're day, if you don't pay it. it is, it's exactly it's stealing. Yeah. So true, even true, though we true. say at the end of the day, we all signed the paper, we've all grown when we accepted the money and we accepted <laughs> the education. So it's true. It's true. I can see. I can see she doesn't really want to be saying that. <laughs> there is there is something with the new university system when the fees went up they said if you you have to earn 20 grand in order to start paying back your loans and if you haven't paid it off i think it's actually within 20 years they're going to write it off but it's definitely not seven years and it's definitely we have to always read the fine print because what you don't want to do is like any advice that you get like anything that we're saying always take it with a pinch of salt and a quick google search because the truth is is that you don't want to ever leave yourself because when the bank man comes to your house you can't say camila said you can't say bookie said because they're gonna be like you read your terms and conditions and you signed your paper so make sure that you do your research guys we turn this i asked i asked you the conversation here is about you and your heart it's not about what student loans or the banks are gonna do are you willing to let go of someone's debt when they owe you because we're we're no i do this thing where if somebody asks me for some money, I only ever usually give, I only usually give what I know that I can afford to not get exactly. back. Because yeah. exactly. even if you loan somebody somebody, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to give it back. So they might have yeah. the intention mm. of a gift. giving it back, if you get it back. Just give it. Yeah. And if they give it back, great, fine. Thank you very much. If they do. But I give what I can afford to give. I have a I response to that like from the so, Bible, but I'll let Rachel say I, what she wants to say. Go on. So I think it's just, I think I'm coming back to what Tadayo said, but like 
at the end of 2019, so I'd spent, like, I'd lent a few people money during that year. And I don't know, I, I just hate asking people for money. Like, mm. if you tell me that you were going to pay me back within a certain amount of time, I expect you to pay me back because that's what I would do. Yeah, and I don't um, want to have and, to ask. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it got good. to a point where I actually kind of needed the money at the end of the year, but just out of that principle, I didn't ask. So it really took God to really work on my heart at the end of like 2019 to say, do you know what? In the new, Just let go of everything. Whatever they don't give back to you in mm. by like the 1st of January 2020, just, just let it go. And... I did that. Um, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't great, but I think I've come to the point where, as Tadu was saying, that if I know that I can't let go of that money or I will need that money in the future mm. desperately, then I think I'm at a point now where I'm only going to give to you what I know I can afford to lose. Mm. And I think that. I know you're about to come back with something Even just for my own heart So that I'm not now Looking at you crazy Exactly, it goes (laughs) to the heart Because it it makes it makes sense. But, but, Let me save myself. Oh, sorry, Bim. Go on. What were you gonna say? So are, we, you. are we saying is it is it wrong to ask for money no. back if you lend someone money? No, if it's yours, ask them no. for it ah. back. Well, I, I <laughs> exactly. Give, give it back to me. Mm, What's okay. going on? Yeah, here? If you ask for the money, if you ask for the money, should it not be awkward? Um, it can't be awkward. It can be. No, but it feels... No, it, it can't be. It feels awkward for me. It shouldn't be, Dwayne, but it feels awkward. I wish I was like you. It's crazy. Someone can make you feel like you're begging for your own money back. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter. It's like, like, you know, if you lend someone your phone charger and then you want it back and they're like, oh, what percentage? (laughs) It's the same thing. You're like, it's my charger. Give it back. Sorry, but we're asking ourselves, we're asking ourselves here, what is the heart of God here? I understand everything, the reality of it. uh, My way of thinking about these things, anything that makes sense to me, I instantly just think it's wrong. I, 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 the my base assumption is it's wrong because I know that my heart is desperately wicked. Just to the things you guys have been saying, and I'm not saying this is easy or something to do, but I think God has a response to that challenge. No, Tony, because, you asked us a question, and this is the answer yeah, that we are giving you. And, I, and I'm just trying so, to say, I'm just trying to, re- I'm just trying to show you what God says. So, two after <laughs> after the thing about the debts in Deuteronomy 15, 7 to ten, he says, "If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers, you shall not harden your heart nor close your hand from your poor brother." But you shall freely open your hand to him and you shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he lacks. And then it says, beware, lest there is a base thought in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of remission is near. That's the year where I have to let go of all the debt. So I know that this person won't pay it back. That seven year is near and your eye is hostile towards your poor brother and you give him nothing then he may cry out to the Lord against you and it will be a sin in you. You shall generously give to him 
and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying it's an but easy thing seven, to do. Seven, seven years, years is also no, a long time. That's not gonna, I cannot give you. No, no, some, no, no, no. Like, don't, argue you me. Ask me don't argue with me. Don't argue with me. Respond to, the, to what God <laughs> no, has said. Respond know, to what God has said. I know, but then, Tony, don't you remember when we had our conversation on, on the, um, <laughs> on the laws and stuff like that? And we discussed all this stuff about, okay, the laws and the principles you're supposed to get things from the principles yes. of these laws. So that what do you given. think is the Obviously, principle behind this t- this statement that God the principle said? Principle of that is to is I guess I guess the principle is to is to give freely, isn't it? That's what I think it is. I think. Let Bookie say because she had a hand up. No, don't go ahead. Okay, so basically, if I lend you money and you promise to give it back to me, you are lying because you haven't given it back to me, right? Mm. Which is then you were waiting right? for the seven years, guys. Imagine guys. you waited. No, but I think there's a difference between agreeing to give someone money, knowing the that they're not going to give it back to you, and someone making an agreement that they will give it back to you. They're two different things. Do you think you generous? Do you think you have to be smart about it at the beginning? Uh, the way I've read Tolly's that that verse, the Tolly, uh, for me, the principle there is to the poor. Um, mm. If you give something, anything, your coat, your food your whatever mm. to the poor um and i don't know they're still poor and they can't pay you back mm. what the bible is saying from what tolu has read and from other subsequent scriptures in the bible for me tolu we're talking about practical um things that you can do how we should constantly ask ourselves maybe every month we should set this challenge or whatever how can i be a blessing to somebody today how can i be a blessing to somebody this month um Mm. i keep bringing stuff back to god and to prayer because like rachel what you said it took god for you to let that money go from 2019 to 2020 the bible says with us it's impossible to do these things sometimes but then with Mm. god all things are possible you just find yourself just okay let it go you know and sometimes it doesn't even matter at that point does that make sense now it's not Mm. by your power because sometimes it's very very hard to give and that's the truth. Sometimes when you look at everything that's happening all around you, you know, it's impossible to give. It's impossible to do certain things. But then when you bring the Holy Spirit into it and you bring God into it with prayer, it becomes so easy. Um, I always share this testimony when when I was getting married. Um, and we all know what marriage is like. You save, save, save. It's never enough and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's when you need all your money. As in, this is not the time to be giving no charity or whatever because <laughs> it's adding up. And then I had a friend at the time who needed stuff and she was just going for a really, really bad patch. And uh, me, I was young at this time. Well, not young, young, but um, (laughs) she needed like help with her passport and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll," you know, she didn't even ask me for it, to be honest. She didn't ask me for it. But I prayed about it. I was like, God, how can I be a blessing to this girl? And it was at the time what I received was give her money. Okay, how much can I give her? Like, it needs to be substantial because what she's going through is kind of rough. You know, she needs a lot. At the time, it was a thousand pounds. And I was like, yeah, me, one thousand pounds. Nah, man. (laughs) I'd never given a thousand pounds before. Like, hundred pounds here or there, a thousand pounds. Like, mate, that's my whole salary for a month. And I prayed about it, you know? And it was weird. It was so easy to give that money. This was like a couple of weeks to my mm. wedding, a couple of months to my wedding. Do you know what I mean? And and I gave her that money. She was shocked. She cried. You know, it was such a, it was an emotional, like she even couldn't believe it, blah, blah. Can I tell you guys how God just sorted me out? Like 
Bible says he who lends to the poor gives no he who gives to the poor lends to God and he will mm. always repay you and there's so many scriptures I know in your last postcards the podcast no or Tonda, I think it was you and I you were talking about and how we're having this conversation about you shouldn't give to expect by blah 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 that's true however there's so many scriptures where God is telling you try me just give to them and I will every scripture even the Malachi's you're talking about you know Proverbs everywhere even the Bible wherever so so sparingly will reap bountifully and blah 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 the principle of God is if you give you will always get back and if you understand that and you grow up believing that by faith as Christians and that becomes a part of you it's easier to let go of so many things you think you can't let go of Mm -hmm. during this COVID times I said to myself how can I be a blessing to people usually for me people don't call me all the time asking me for money so then I get comfortable like nobody asked me so I don't have to give anybody but no this time around I set myself a challenge go out and actually look for who you can be a blessing to Mm. do you get it and I took a big chunk of my money not at the same time but I prayed and I said God I want to be a blessing I want to give um just lead me somehow and somehow I started giving I started giving I started giving I didn't even expect it back I didn't you know it's not it's I can't work it out that I gave 10 or 10 pounds today and then the next day I got 20 pounds back no it doesn't work that way do you understand Mm. but then just somehow you just find yourself that every all your prayer points and the things you're praying about the things you're believing God for the things you feel like you're saving all this money for just get sorted out does that make sense and it's because Mm. it's it's a principle of God it's a principle of life if you sow you reap full stop do you understand now as Christians now adding that extra advantage to what is already a law of life does that make sense so going back to this what that that scripture Tolu that you read for me that the key thing I got there is giving to the poor right or even if you give to anybody like Rachel says so many people have borrowed from you so many people have but then when you pray about it sometimes you're just like God there's one one girl (laughs) a friend of mine um we bought something together as a group present and she hadn't paid me back Ah, two weeks three weeks four weeks and i prayed i was like god i need my money back but this girl hasn't given and i don't want to ask for it that very second she texted me oh bookie i'm so sorry here's your money back do you get it so like let's take advantage of this holy spirit we have in us guys honestly let's take advantage of the power of prayer you know for for the awkward moments for the moments where sometimes sometimes god will tell you let it go and he will sort you yeah. out. You have this inner peace within you because you know, mm. does that make sense? So yeah. anyways, that, that's mm-hmm. been my experience. Um, in terms of practical things you can do, that's been my practical stuff. Just, you know, yeah. Anyways, I think, you guys uh, I think no, everything, good, everything, good, everything you're saying, yeah. everything you're saying makes sense. But, I, but like, I can see from what, even the things you're saying, the Holy Spirit is clearly working on your heart. So I, yeah. the thing is, I think sometimes the reason we keep having arguments is you then take that for granted and then you say, no, 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 you don't have to do anything, just work. And I just know that there's churches full of people that say what you're saying, but don't follow up with the actions that you're following it up with. No, because Tolly, totally, you have to cultivate. It's not an overnight thing. And you that's, know? What, you I'm, have and that's to what I'm saying. Exactly. We're that's why we're having, and that's why we're having this conversation to help people remember that you're cultivating this. So, uh, so I completely, everything you said even inspired me. Like, you know, I didn't receive any of that money you were you were doling out at the beginning of the year, but that's fine. Wow. <laughs> you should be giving me money, bro. <laughs> can, can I throw a spanner in the works? Oh, um, I, I agree spanners. with everything. I agree, actually agree with everything that you said, and I think it's really important because if you don't, you 
you like carry it in your heart like you know all of a sudden you're just watching them like they make a purchase you're watching them like you're in it yeah like you carry that weight in your heart like literally and you become it's actually sad because you can lose friendships over it because it's like Mm -hmm. um and often it's a case because there's this it's it's it can turn into hate real quick because you feel like mm-hmm. that person's disrespecting you you can feel like that person and you're right letting it go letting god and being like do you know what god like i've given it i've been generous like you see my heart right can you please work on their heart like doing that and saying it's not my responsibility it's god's it's freeing that you don't end up carrying that weight but is there a wisdom to saying actually should we be more selective in the first place about who we give to now i'm not talking about the poor like with the poor god says like open up the taps be like overwhelming but sometimes there's a discernment to some people about what poor actually means because or is it like where sometimes you can say you can give to someone so say someone has uh, say if someone has a gambling problem right and then they they're poor because they have this gambling problem and then by you giving to them financially you're not helping them solve the problem you're actually just enabling the problem and now that person is not only like got more debt but then now they've they've lost maybe a friend or you know it may end like you know there's another dynamic to it so can we be understanding that actually finance may not always be the best thing to give someone when they put a hand out and actually it's yeah. our right to be more discerning with our own finances and our own wisdom to be like who we give because actually if someone asks for money or someone asks for something um that wasn't wise i don't think that saying we're not generous or exactly, not hundred percent. by not giving to that, that person at the beginning of this podcast i did start with saying you need to apply wisdom to your giving you shouldn't give stupidly um i think one of you mentioned in your last um recordings that your parents used to bring people home it was something that's, like that that's that, you rachel's know, dad my hero yeah that you know he would help people by bringing them home and stuff like that you know like, obviously i guess for the purpose of this podcast we've focused a lot about money but there's there's so much type of giving you know yeah. um to that example you've just said um cammy i would the ideal thing to do in that situation is maybe not to give this gambler money or whatever bring them home give them food maybe or you know and, and do the, something and, but, else and that's the point and i think that's a very important thing and i th- i think is a practical thing we need to embrace holistic support for people exactly Be- because especially on like i think a typical stereotypical one where this comes up is giving money to homeless people a lot of people say oh you're not meant to you shouldn't give ho- money to homeless people and i've heard from a lot of like charities and people actually in that field and people who used to be homeless say yes maybe you shouldn't give them money but i think a lot of people then take that to me okay fine i'm not just gonna give them anything well really Mm. what that should mean is actually no you should be doing more you should actually even not even just a sandwich like okay go and speak to Mm. them find out what they need figure out what they need what do they actually need everybody they're human beings as well they have a diverse set of needs speaking of sandwich i saw just last week this man clearly had two sandwiches there. And then this woman walked out of Sainsbury's and gave him another sandwich. And I said, have you ever given food to someone and they look at you and they're like, I don't want that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As in, the guy, the guy was like, yeah, I'd rather have the money. <laughs> you know, the, the guy was so reluctant to even say thank you, and I was like, and, <laughs> so I don't blame him. I've got two sandwiches there, and you're giving me another one. Why? <laughs>
other thing that we just didn't get to talk about was the minimalism point because I really wanted to shout out the minimalists. Um, have you guys heard about them? I've talked to you, some of you, about them. But they. J- I mean, I know that people minimalist that people just, uh, exist. They yeah, the they wire. just have what they need. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just thought it's a good point to raise because one bed. Like, no, that's um, a great yeah. point. Because I would love to be able to live an, on a minimalist life style, but me too. Yeah, and but sorry, I don't know what. So basically, is. like this, these guys. Um, he he, his story was you know he he was regular person had a good job but was also like always buying new things. He had some debt and he realized he was unhappy, unfulfilled, constantly busy because he was working to pay his bills and his debts. And then he kind of one day just told him, asked himself. Actually, I have so much stuff in my house. If I actually get rid of some of this stuff, I could probably pay my debts. And what he did was he sold all the stuff that he didn't think he needed or added value. And what he found was he actually was able to sell all the stuff, pay off all his debts and have more to even give away. And now he just lives a more minimalist lifestyle, which is a life where you just try and divorce yourself from all your stuff. And they have really practical ways to help you understand what stuff is valuable or not and this is something steph and i are actually going to do hopefully um where he packed up all of his belongings in his house there's two of them so the other one did this he packed up all the belongings in his house and put them in boxes and for a period of time let's say a month he would only take something out of a box when when he when he needs it so he he only he took things out that he actually used in that time period. And what he found at the end of it was like 80% of his stuff was still in boxes. So he realized actually all this stuff I don't actually need. So Steph and I are going to be moving soon. And I think we were going to try and do that where when we move to our new place, we won't actually for a set period of time, we won't take everything out just for the sake of it. You only take out the things that add value because apparently this thing does give you real benefits. Like you, a simplified That's easy life. For me. I don't it must have be such anything. a freeing way of living. You get yeah. more but, space and you get more. But what what, you what stuff? stuff? What do you guys have? I I don't have anything. You, oh, what, okay. What I've been to your house. You have a lot of stuff. You have. A, you have, <laughs> I have, you have no, a I have. lot of stuff. Really? Yeah. I don't know if she does. The thing is, it's 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 if anything, it's more of a mentality. I don't think there's anything she doesn't need. But we do that with um, Darius's toys and stuff like that. If he hasn't used them, they just go missing. Like, we end up just giving them away. <laughs> okay, I, I, because I, I, use that's it. deception. That poor boy is walking around looking for his toy car, thinking <laughs> it away. Away. when it I had to, to find <laughs> when I had to find that cable for my DJ set. Then I went into your garage. Your garage was chock of full with stuff. Oh, I've not been in chock of full with your stuff. garage, bookie. That, that, that's because no, but Tolly, no, no, no. You're saying valuable stuff. That garage is full of nonsense. That exactly. I need to just Why get rid of. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. But then there's nothing, there's nothing valuable there, you know. Our bed broke down, put it in the garage. <laughs> the right, chair's not right, working, well, put it in the garage. That's I think, what I mean. I think, it's, I think it's not... their view was it, if you adopt this lifestyle, it just gives you more space, more time to focus on your health, relationships, spirituality, and other That's people. A good idea. Like, I think Jesus was a minimalist. I think for him to be able to have been moving from town to town with no burdens, you know, even when he sent out the disciples, he told them, don't take 
pots of gold. Don't take this. Don't Jesus take... wasn't married. Didn't have no children. Ah, really? We can be more... We can reduce a lot of the like maybe aesthetics that we don't really need. I think I think times like this where like COVID, it's like you know like how there's such a social influence there. So say you go to work every day, right? Now everyone has a washing machine in our house, but we know you're st- even if you washed in the middle of the week, you're not going to wear the same shirt on Monday that you were on Friday because it's like there's this idea that it's like we have a lot of stuff that we don't need. Like, do you know what I mean? And there's Ooh. this kind of like, we buy a lot of clothes that we don't need or we have a lot of things that are like just in case. So I guess, yeah, if we were trying to live on a basic, basic level, we could strip back a lot. But then I guess it's that balance between like, what's the purpose of that? Is that mm-hmm. to realign ourselves? Is that to draw us closer to like, does it draw us closer back to God? Like what? Like sometimes I, like- I think it helps with generosity because last week we talked about like this homeless guy who had nothing and he got 500 pounds and when someone he he went and bought some stuff that he he needed like a sleeping bag when someone else came and asked said that they were in need he went and returned all the things that he just bought and gave them that money because he thought you need this more than me he didn't have such an attachment to his belongings and his things so i just think it's a good if you want to be more generous because that's what we're talking about here i actually think a, a mentality or something that doesn't give you such an attachment to stuff what did jesus say when he met his disciples leave it all behind and follow me bookie you just said mm-hmm. jesus didn't have kids all these things a lot of us will struggle with that instruction a lot of us would not be able to just leave it all behind and follow jesus because of they such follow a... jesus physically yeah. as in Peter dropped his net he dropped his net and his boat where it was and he followed Jesus yeah and then they were rolling like they went to (laughs) places do you know what I mean like they were (laughs) they were rolling up and down like they went about the place do we know if any of the disciples were married (laughs) yeah um, is it Simon Simon. Yeah, the one that the mother-in-law was healed. Yeah, Peter. Anyways, I just wanted so, to. I mean, I, you know what, Tony? His wife Tony, was I cool, think though, you know everyone. I mean, she I, must I have been cool to be like she's going to leave with the boys and go on Not even their WhatsApp call. You know what? I feel like I get it, bro. Everyone just needs to check themselves because some people are. Um, you know, some people are too attached to certain things. You just everyone just needs to check themselves. So, so for for me, this your minimalist thing sounds like it will be a breeze for me, but for Shola, it might be a bit of a struggle still. You know, Miss this Benz. Exactly. You know, my husband likes his cars. He likes, you know, what I mean. So, so he he would struggle with that. But then everyone has their own individual struggles, and that's why Christ has called us all with different gifts and with different works of life, mm. and you know, in your own different ways you can be a blessing in your own different times you can be generous you know Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like this thing about I think someone mentioned it here where you know in order to be generous you need to accumulate you need to have 
X amount. You know, I, I disagree with that completely because mm. you can be generous at whatever level you're at. You know, generous with mm. it's even money. You know, you might only have yeah, ten pounds. Your time, your money, your ten, like you can yeah. be a generous. And I feel like the conversation for me is what practical ways can we change our hearts, change our lives? Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Don't wait for this big drop before you think you're doing. You should be doing certain things. For me, throwing mm. money at stuff is easier than inviting someone into my home to stay with me. Do you understand? It's for mm. I wouldn't. Shola, on the other hand, my husband grew up in a family where there's always stuff, people around, and you know, my husband is comfortable with someone just knocking the door. Hi, I was around the neighborhood and I came around. No. You know, and, like, and he would be like, cool, no problem. But he, you're like, he, nah, he was man. like that, you know. And it's so mm. weird. Our first year of marriage, we struggled with this because Shola would, he, he's the type of person that was very welcoming, you know, that's how he grew up. And that's, and for me, I just saw it as disrespectful. We used to fight. You don't love me because you just let someone into my house and I'm telling me, you know, it was, it was that deep. It really was that deep. <laughs> and it's just because of how we grew up, you know? How, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, I'd rather pay you to go to a hotel somewhere and stay <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to coming to my house and spending the next two weeks. Do you understand? So, these are things that I probably mm. need to work with, work on, beg your pardon, because, mm. you know, am I being, like I told you, like what you said, having that holistic approach, mm-hmm. helping people all round being that generous person because Jesus Christ said you know when I was poor uh, when I was hungry did you feed me did, did you come mm. and visit me in the prison so they're different things yeah. do you understand for some people they need a visit for some people they need food for some yeah. people they need clothes like you need to know for some people it's time love any, whatever it is and mm. we need to understand that recognise ourselves constantly the Bible says take up your cross daily like it's a daily thing we're going through this journey we're growing we're maturing as Christians Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. We hope you found it useful. Please let us know your thoughts by sending us a message on Instagram or Twitter at The Eden Ideal. You can find out more about us on our website, www.theedenideal.com. We'll be releasing the final part of this discussion next week. In that episode, we explore real tangible ways to be more generous and have a positive impact on those around you. We'll hear from Bookie and Cami on how they are leveraging businesses and their experiences for the benefit of others. I personally found it very educational. Hope you join us for that. Until then, stay blessed.